brought to you by Team Corker. I am still Steph Corker, and with me is my bro, who is still Matt Corker. <laughs> I like that it's still. <laughs> it's like my new my new intro, you know? I don't want you to think that I've gone anywhere. Right. <laughs> All right. How you doing, bro? You know what? I'm doing really well. We have a question from our Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything. This one has come to us from, it's a bit of a duo, from our friends Adam and Allison. And it is about changing culture when the odds are against you. And they want to know when you have no money, you have no authority, how do I still create change in my organization? And how how can I manage up? I think those are two awesome, juicy questions. How can I create change and how do I manage up? And the context is uh, when, when things are against us. So I think the... I actually was in a conversation with a client this morning around culture because they were talking about, well, how do I create a culture of blank? And culture is often mystified and they think I I need a culture program or it's something that they need to create. And what I'm reminded of is actually a conversation, Tracy Hutton, who we had on the blog or had on this podcast before. And she said that there were four things that made up culture. One were the artifacts, the things that you hang on the walls, the the typeface you use, the things that are artifacts that you could touch and hold in your hand. The second thing are the stories, the stories you constantly hear about, the comeback story, the origin story. What are the stories that are the rhetoric of the organization? The other is the heroes. Who do we... Uh, hold up who do we look to within the organization as these people who are cultural champions or the ones that we espouse to be like and outside of the organization who are the heroes that we often reference outside the organization what's the fourth and the fourth are the habits and so what are consistent practices that happen what do you do every time you show up for a meeting what are things that happen every quarter how do you debrief the results of a quarter um, be them positive or negative, just the habits that are repeated. Okay, wait, say those again. These are so juicy. The four pillars of culture are... Artifacts, stories, heroes, and habits. Got it. And so when we're looking at, like, how do we change culture, I'd actually look first and foremost at what do I need to change in those four categories? Do I need to change the rhetoric of the stories that we tell ourselves? Do we need to introduce or realign around who our heroes are? Mm. Do we actually have things that are on our walls, on our product, in our email signatures that need to be upgraded? Right. And then the last thing is, is there what habits are ingrained in the culture? Is it showing up 10 minutes late is acceptable? Is um, missing out or storming out of meetings acceptable? And those are the habits that get created that they actually, it's not a culture change that needs to have it, it needs to happen. It's a habit change. Totally. Well, and I was thinking prior to this podcast, um, perhaps a little bit more linearly than you were from a place of you can either stick with it and under those four pillars, uh, the reason I love the pillars is it provides context of you stick with it and commit to changing or being a contribution in one of those pillars or maybe more than one of those pillars, or you leave. 
because sticking around waiting for something to happen to you and when I, I say this with the asterisks of this is in all things in your life not just <laughs> at work if, if we see life as things happening to us then we miss the opportunity of what is happening in life and I, what I mean by that is, well, is the culture isn't against you. You get to choose whether you want to show up as a contribution or only a consumer. And if you're only consuming, you will probably be frustrated and not feel like you're able to perhaps reap the rewards of this great culture you wish existed. And yet I would say have the courage to change it. Have the courage to do something. And here's a great framework. Here are four awesome pillars that you can choose. Well, where can I make a contribution to changing it? Um, and if I'm not up for changing it, then then how quickly can I leave? And then what's the third option? Because choice always comes in threes. So if one is be the change, be the contribution, two is leave, what's number three? Well. Three is really shitty, and it says just stay and complain, and I don't like that option. Mm. So in this case, you either get to generate, consume, or quit. Quit. <laughs> and I think that if you're only consuming, then we're of no value in, in our community, at work, in our relationships. So don't do that. Mm. I, don't, I don't like option three, <laughs> but you're right. That's a good lesson. We always need three. It's never yes or no. A, there, B, and C. Always a C. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing there is, well, like when the, I have no time, when I have no budget, you know, I was thinking about this question and someone came up to me on the, uh, on the weekend and said, well, how do you make sure that you have a great team? And I looked back and said, well, I always am on a great team because I'm on the team mm. and boom you hear that and it's not from a place of ego but more like it's my responsibility to make sure that I'm working on a great team totally and my scope of responsibility it really like really when I think of my scope of responsibility it's who do I report to and who reports to me right and that's really my like immediate responsibility and the ripple effect of me focusing on those two areas of the business will impact many other people. Because if I say, oh, I'm taking my team on a development day this quarter, this is what we're doing, then the other leaders at the table that I don't report to and that don't report to me also are like, well, what are you doing and how do you do that? And tell me more. And they may ask me questions. They may also challenge me so that I have to be able to really back up why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And when I'm able to be that contribution um, to my manager and the people that I'm their manager to, then I just feel like I'm in option one. I'm staying and I'm being a contribution. Well, I think that's great because it speaks to how do I have the authority or where can I have mm. the authority to make a change? And the other aspect to the question was what if I don't have budget or if I don't have money? And I read a great article a few weeks ago about uh, the current generation wanting to save money to retire in their 30s. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? Mm. I think it was at the hustle. We love the hustle. We're off to the con. 
the unhustle. What's happening? HustleCon in gym, Oakland. Yes. Come join us. Of course. Uh, I think I think I read it there about how how they're really trying to live the most frugal life they possibly can, and I think that is just pure genius. And in the same way that you would like to uh, um, uh, contribute or attribute culture needing dollars, I have to throw this big Christmas party or we have to have beer on tap or we have to have all of these things for culture, I would say scratch that and go through every area of the business, even your own, and say, how could we run this differently? Mm-hmm. How could we run this differently? If this was our dollar, um, if this was our budget, what would we do with it? Mm-hmm. I think that is innovation at its finest. I think that is at the core. All of the things that money buys, I mean, they, it eventually floats away. You remember when you were resourceful and you had fun and you used your imagination in different ways to create different results. And if we're looking for money to generate culture, where else are you looking for money to try to quote unquote save the day? It doesn't work like that, you know? And and I think a great um, a great opportunity for us is is to take it to a relationship where you love and it's safe. So think of your own lover, and I mean, I like going to the grocery store with Davey, and we run away for 10 minutes, and whatever we each buy, we bring home and make for dinner. And you know what? He never brings home anything that's a contribution to dinner, because he's like, that's not fun. So he'll like make sure that there's something to drink, or that it's dessert, or something great for breakfast the next day. And I can count on him to always find like the most fun, different thing, and I, of course, have as many vegetables as I can put in the basket, some form of protein, and, you know, uh, something balanced. And I'm probably really hungry, so I want it to be fast. And then together, it's a fun experience. And we've spent the same amount of money on groceries that we normally would have. So what is your grocery store challenge that you can do? When you take money off the table, the only resource that actually matters is time, Mm. in my opinion. So you get to choose how much time, you get to choose how you spend your time, but don't ever, ever, ever let money be the excuse. Well, what I love is um, Mealshare is an organization that I'm on the board of, and I looked at their onboarding program, and I looked at it for, like, I was flabbergasted at how detailed their onboarding practice was for their new team members. And I asked them, like, how did you create this? Because no one came with an HR background. And they like, they like their answer was, well, there are so many books out there and so many how-to guides on the internet that we literally Googled how to create an onboarding program. And from that, we created the onboarding program using the best pieces of advice that are freely available in the, in the world. And they put together. And they're like, we don't know if it's good, but it works for us. And so for me, I'm like, in a world where free is an option, totally Google it, like, (laughs) like, just look up and say, how can we do this with less budget with less money? Yeah. And to your point, it's really about the time, the time it takes to actually do it. And it's like, am I committed to actually doing it? And therefore, I'll put aside the time to make it happen. Or am I more committed to my complaint about it? Say that again. Am I more committed to getting the result or am I more committed to complaining about not getting it? 
that's when if this was a mic I could drop on the phone on the floor I would that's <laughs> so powerful are you committed to a different results or are you committed to complaining about it and I think that as adults as humans that are mature we have egos at play and I feel really aware lately of just how much I care about certain things mm -hmm. and when I care I'm willing to do whatever it takes yeah I think there's something to the concept of caring of how can I not be a jerk and let people above me know that I would like to see a different result I think an example beyond the workplace could be uh, family members how can I show up for them wanting a different result and and not be a jerk it's managing up at its very finest tell me more what give me an example of what you mean by that well it's easy to write off in-laws and another side of family because they've always done things a certain way and if they're always going to do things a certain way let them do things a certain way and yet the reality is I care so much about family and I care so much about the family unit and there's a, there's some certain ways that that are actually going to be different and being okay with that how can I help educate them that there are different dynamics in families and our dynamic might be different than someone else's dynamic all within the same family unit and it doesn't mean we're not still family it just means we might do some things differently along the way mm. and what I find is my initial reaction is when I'm in complaint or resigned to this is just how it always is, I never come off with much care in my heart. And if I can soften to just appreciate that they've done things a certain way for a certain period of time, this could be my in-laws or a CEO, I mean it doesn't matter, just approach change with the same care you would, whether it was family or business. and. I think that is a really sweet way to see results. And in the world of change, you might hear a lot of no's. That's okay. In the world of change, you might get some pushback. That's okay. In the world of change, you must keep going. And and I, I just think it's that's what's so important. And especially in the world of managing up, because as soon as we hear our first no from someone above us, we typically take that as the only thing that matters and when it's the only thing that matters then we give up far too easily. I think about the last team I was on at Lululemon and I had no access or no visibility into our budget and as a department leader I was like how do I run my department if I have no understanding of how much my budget is this is everything from initiative development to um, team rewards. Like I had zero visibility. And what I recognized was that when I was in a place of complaint and when I was approaching conversations as if my manager was wrong or bad, nothing changed. Instead, I actually focused on what I did want and said, hey, I'm going to go do uh, team offsite and instead of requesting budget I let them know my plan on how to do it with no budget and this is what it looked like we went over to my house and we all brought our own lunches because that's what you do any day like every other every day. day right and 
then what I what we also did was use the technology called our computers to present things. And it was actually a really fun way to get aligned, to get into relationship with one another. And it was done in a different environment. We didn't need to rent a room anywhere. Um, and it required me to be open and vulnerable. I clean, I had to clean my apartment extra nicely for to have like the team of seven come in. And um, it reminds me of like, afterward, it wasn't a, this is when talking to my manager wasn't a, this is how great my team is, but more like, this is how resourceful we were. Absolutely. And that same kind of care and consideration that you were talking about is like required as you create any form of change. Totally. Care enough to make change, care enough not to complain. If you care enough, you will see results. One of the things that we talk about in the manager start line actually is the five different forms of power. And so as someone who it reports into someone, that person has authoritative power. Got it. Totally. And the person below the manager, let's say, has referent power, meaning if you like me, you'll do what I want. The other form of power is informational power, meaning I have information that you don't. So I know what's going on in the business that you don't. And the manager actually relies on people to do that. And there's other forms of power that we go into, but I often think of like, I have no power. It's like, actually, you just have a different type of power mm-hmm. than your manager. They have authoritative power and you have so much more than and that they rely on you for. Oh gosh. Yeah. You've got a big heart. You got a big heart. You got big enthusiasm and you know more about the details of the business. Yeah. And so you can come and say, here's what I know from being on the ground in the work. This is what's working. This isn't what's not working. And here's my proof. Don't come to me with your concept. Come to me with facts, figures, and like real lived experiences. Yeah. So to our friends, Adam and Allison, just go forth and care. And if you care a little bit more today than you did yesterday, that would be pretty cool. Remember, you have power. What's making your heart beat faster, Steph? Well, that's a wrap. (laughs) Uh, Coming off the long weekend sunshine in Whistler. I am in full-on Ironman mode and couldn't be more stoked about it. So big training weekend, rolling into race season, coming up in a couple of weeks, and I'm really stoked. Awesome. You? Um, I just got back from Saskatoon visiting a long, long, long time best friend um, with another good friend, and so it feels just awesome to reconnect uh, with people that we don't always, that I don't always get to hang out with every day. So it's always fun. I love it. That's a wrap. Until next time, love the Quirkers. Quirkers.